Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, where each week, Dr. Frank Domino, along with his guests, translates today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. Now, broadcasting from the University of Massachusetts Medical School in Worcester, Mass., your host, Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health, and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. It's finally spring, and allergic rhinitis, and even more worrisome asthma, seems to be increasing in number. You see a 24-year-old in our office who has no cold symptoms but worsening cough and wheezing. She's been using her rescue inhaler every three hours and is worried because this seems to be, quote, getting worse, end quote. When you recommend a course of oral corticosteroids, she requests something else because she's heard recently on the news that taking corticosteroids is dangerous. Welcome to Frankly Speaking in Family Medicine. This is Frank J. Domino, MD, Professor of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Joining me today to discuss corticosteroids is Alan Ehrlich, a Clinical Associate Professor of Family Medicine at the University of Massachusetts and Executive Editor for Dynamed. Welcome to the show, Alan. Thanks, Frank. Um, So, Alan, can you tell me what's the latest data on the risks of short-term corticosteroid use? Patients have been asking about it, and I'm not really sure how to respond? Well, there was a large study published in the BMJ recently that certainly uh, got a lot of people's attention. This was a review of a a nationwide data set in the U.S. of private insurance claims, and they looked at about 1.5 million adults who were under 64. And over a three-year period, they found several things. First, about 21% of the population received a prescription for a short-term course of, uh, of corticosteroids, which they defined as less than 30 days. They did an analysis looking at harms that might be associated with this, and they specifically were looking at three things, incidence of sepsis, venous thromboembolism, or fracture, in the both 30 days and 90 days following a short-term course of corticosteroids. They compared users to non-users, and they also did something called a self-controlled case series where they compared each patient's time during the uh, time frame after the corticosteroids with their history of what happened to them in the six months prior, and then they adjusted their analysis for the number of days in each period. The upshot of all this was they found an increased risk for each of the outcomes they were looking at, sepsis, venous thromboembolism, and fracture, and the rate for each of these was statistically significant over this very large population. The increase, the incidence rate ratio for sepsis was about five, for venous thromboembolism it was about three, and for fracture it was 1.9. And what that basically means is it's happening twice as often for fracture, about three times as often for venous thromboembolism, and five times as often for sepsis. Alan, that sounds a little concerning. But those were relative increases, correct? That's right. This is based on a very low baseline. When you start looking at what were the absolute rates, so for sepsis, the absolute rate in the patients who received oral corticosteroids was 0.05% versus 0.02%. That small difference of 0.3%, if you were to do a number needed to harm, it would be 3,000, uh, o- over 3,000. 
So that sounds much more convincing that the risk is extremely low in both the population that received the short course of corticosteroids and those that didn't. How about for the other outcomes? So the uh, number needed to harm for venous thromboembolism was estimated to be about 2,000 and for fracture, 833. So these are all very large numbers. You know, you started this off by talking about a woman with asthma. And if you look at the benefit and symptom relief for use of short-term corticosteroids in someone with asthma, it's very, very powerful. For instance, there's a study that looked at patients who were in the emergency room and what was the likelihood you would need to be hospitalized or not based on getting corticosteroids in the ED. And corticosteroids, uh, the number needed to uh, benefit is around three, two or three, uh, in terms of getting corticosteroids. It makes a huge difference in, in that regard. There, so that's, uh, I think, worth keeping in mind that these are very small risks, and when used judiciously, there are a lot of areas where corticosteroids are extremely helpful. So, Alan, we've talked a little bit about asthma and how the benefit of using corticosteroids short course far outweigh the risks. What other conditions should we think about where courses of short course corticosteroids makes clinically good sense? Well, certainly, uh, in addition to asthma, you've got uh, acute exacerbation of COPD. You have conditions like Bell's palsy. Certainly, uh, a contact dermatitis where you're talking about someone who's severely affected either extensively all over their whole body or uh, on the face where you wouldn't want to use topical corticosteroids. I think these are all rational indications where the benefits are substantial. And, you know, the harms, I, I just want to say, even though we've described the harms as fairly small, this is a retrospective cohort study, and in that type of situation, you would expect the uh, magnitude of the effect seen to be even greater than you would get in a randomized trial. So it's probably even smaller than what I said earlier, but you know we don't have randomized trial data. Part of the problem is the effect is so small that you need a population of millions in order to actually see it. So I think that's worth keeping in perspective. Okay. Are there any clinical conditions where you might hesitate to use a short course of corticosteroid based upon this data? So based upon this data, I'm not sure it's going to change. I think that there are, in fact, real adverse effects of corticosteroids that are worth keeping in mind that uh, would make me hesitant. I think the number one is a patient with diabetes. We know that a short-term course of corticosteroids can throw their glucose control out of whack. Patients with high blood pressure would be another. If you have a patient who has a history of psychosis, particularly one related to the use of corticosteroids, that's likely to recur with retreatment of using corticosteroids. So those are really known risks that happen far more frequently than these others, which sound scary, but you know are probably not clinically relevant. Okay, to summarize then, this was a study of about 1.5 million adults and their risks of taking a short course of corticosteroids, although it did increase the risk of some adverse outcomes, things like sepsis and venous thromboembolism, the risk was, in, the risk was incredibly small compared to the significant benefit when used appropriately in patients with Bell's palsy, asthma, and COPD. So thank you, Alan. This has been very, very helpful. I think I'll continue with my current practice of using short course of corticosteroids uh, in clinical care where I deem appropriate, and just remember that there's always an adverse effect to anything we do.
Join us next time when we discuss the new recommendations from the CDC on the HPV vaccine. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. For more information about the article referenced in today's episode, look under the Resources section of the episode landing page. Need help reaching your CME credit goal this year? If so, please browse the more than 300 free CME-accredited activities now available on PrimeMed.com. We want to keep making this podcast better with every episode, so we need your feedback. Tell us what you think by submitting your feedback via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or log into PrimeMed.com and submit your feedback at the bottom of the episode landing page. Thank you again for listening.